What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iyer, and when I'm not doing this, I'm writing about fantasy football and the NFL at large for SportingNews.com. And here we are into week 16. Congratulations if you've made it into your championship round, or maybe you're still in the semifinals if you're one of those leagues that play into week 17. But Regardless, it's a great accomplishment to be this far into the fantasy football season still playing. Hopefully, there's some more on the line for you. And uh, week 15 had a lot of surprises there, some quarterbacks. Uh, You look at uh, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and Kirk Cousins all not having touchdown passes in a big spot for you. So that was the unfortunate part uh, we just have to move on hopefully you advance with what you had out there it was tough for a lot of people the key was having a few studs that have carried you all the way and uh, those guys came through especially in the backfield if you had those guys but here there might be a few holes that you're looking at still to fill in deeper leagues that's definitely a question you're always looking for something to help you in the flex or deeper positions sometimes in QB streaming and that's what we're going to do here with Pickup Tuesday, it's a shorter type of waiver wire in terms of we're looking just short term here. You can't really look at uh, down the line and all that. It's all about what you need to do to win now this week. And there are still some options out there. So let's uh, break it down here for what you need to go after on the waiver wire or as a free agent this week. Remember, the game started Saturday. So you got to be ready to uh, pick up guys a lot earlier i mean you have the thursday night game but saturday is the big slate here so that's important you don't want to be uh sleeping on your roster if there's a thing you want to change at the last minute we started running backs and uh kenneth dixon you look at him he scored the past two weeks the rookie from the ravens has really had the backfield last week it was a lot of terrence west that was uh, doing the job against philadelphia but you look at dixon he's really the preferred guy in terms of the explosiveness gives them a little juice. You look at this matchup this week against the Steelers. I don't really like their passing game all that much in this one. So you look at Dixon, though, as a outlet receiver that uh, the Steelers have got a lot of issues there with uh, giving up catches to running backs. Dixon can be more effective in that role to me than West in a more consistent basis. He's also got the wiggle outside to maybe burst a long one when there isn't much there against the Steelers' traditional run defense. So Kenneth Dixon, he's been a favorite of our waiver wire pretty much through midseason. He's still somehow unowned in a lot of leagues at this crucial time. Depth and all that, I think people wanted more explosion, big type of game from him. He's only really had one of those 
type games as an RB2, but this is an, another chance here against Pittsburgh to come through, especially after he uh, was able to score last week against the Eagles. A former backfield mate of his, Justin Forsett, he's still dangling out there, and part of it is no one is inspired about what the Broncos have done in the running game here the past few weeks, but Forsett is clearly the top option now over Devontae Booker, so you can't ignore backs that are getting that many touches and and snaps and with Forsett, you look at this Chiefs matchup, the Broncos are in desperation mode. They need to be able to run the ball. The Chiefs, that's where you can get them. So they should have a little bit more success powering through here and uh, maybe putting more focus, getting more tight ends in there and really nailing down this run because without the run, they can't pass and score and move the ball. So the run sets up everything for them. I would expect Forsett is going to be involved as much as possible. I think this is a chance for him maybe to crack into the end zone here on a short score as well. So Forsett, if you're looking for someone to put in RB2 or flex that uh, you have a hole there because of injuries or otherwise, uh, that's not a bad dice roll to go with this week. And another thing that is important to keep in mind here is to make sure you have your insurance because you never know what's going to happen here, but uh, if you're playing into week 17, you just have to make sure that you've got guys there that can uh, come through for you if your main guy goes down. I think you look at uh, Derrick Henry, and it had to be frustrating here in week 15 to see him score a couple times instead of DeMarco Murray. And we haven't seen Henry get that many touches and involvement here, but I think you look at this Jaguars matchup, there's a chance there for Henry to score. So he serves as a handcuff for sure, and I hope you have him here in case that uh, Murray goes down and you're playing in Week 17. But regardless, in Week 16, I think there's a chance to play Henry because of how much he's getting the work. It was a 2-to-1 ratio there for DeMarco Murray. That's enough to maybe consider him as a flex play. I think Darren McFadden is a pure handcuff to me in that situation in Dallas. Alfred Morris had been the guy for so long, but uh, I think McFadden just gives them more upside. He was really the number two, took over right away. Alfred Morris sitting down. McFadden gives them better flow there behind Ezekiel along with Lance Dunbar in the pure receiving back role. So McFadden, if you're going into week 17, you've got to make sure you protect Elliott just in case something happens to him against Detroit, and McFadden is a pickup in that sense. Mike Gillisley, we've seen do more than a handcuff. He's got some uh, independent value because of his scoring potential. You look at the matchup against Miami, it's kind of uh, more difficult than we'd like, but still the Bills can run the ball very effectively. They should get some goal line chances again in this one. So as long as they're getting those, Gillisley has to be on the radar for you more than a uh, pure backup to LaShawn McCoy. Andre Ellington, same deal. He's pretty much a strict, strict backup to David Johnson. But if something were to happen to David Johnson, uh, you want to make sure that you want to have someone like Ellington on hand because uh, we know that this offense is pretty friendly for backs and uh, especially guys that are as versatile as we've seen in Ellington in the past. Uh, you look at Paul Perkins, and that's a question mark people have asked about here. The Eagles have a little more struggled defensively against the run. Perkins has been the more effective back by far over Rashard Jennings, Rashard Jennings the past two weeks. So you look at uh, Perkins in that matchup against Philadelphia. If you're hurting there, you've been playing Jennings or 
someone like Terrence West that you can't trust. I think Perkins, you can slide in there as a deep league RB2 if needed, but I don't see much like handcuff value beyond Jennings because they're just straight up split at this point, and that's the hard part with the Giants' backfield that isn't uh, very productive anyway, especially with Shane Vereen and their catching passes as well. Rex Burkhead is a guy that uh, you can look at too for Cincinnati. They're playing the Texans. The Texans can give up things to running backs. They're really banged up in linebacker at this point. So Jeremy Hill, I like in this one to play well. And I look at the Texans track record. They can give up the short touchdowns rushing, but I think Burkhead will be a little bit more involved in the passing game. He's been in the pseudo Gio Bernard role, but I can see that expanding this week. If you're looking for a flex that you could go deep into like a, uh, Poor man's Bernard, and that's how I kind of see that playing out. And Ronnie Hillman, I would watch this situation. San Diego plays the Browns this week, and Kenneth Farrow wasn't very effective in his first game. Good matchup against the Raiders. He struggles in pass protection. He's not a veteran that they can completely trust. So you look at uh, Hillman, and he's a guy that you can definitely look at, but just watch this practice report, see if there's any indication that Hillman's going to get more touches. If he gets 10 to 15 in that game, I think he's very viable because I figure the Chargers will have a lead and be able to uh, milk the clock a little bit on the Browns this week. And last, we'll just mention as a side note, Ty Montgomery, let's hope he's RB eligible in your league. I think he's probably snatched up now because of his work early in the season as a wide receiver turned running back. But as a running back fully, like if somehow he's still out there in those few leagues, go out and get him and go out and play him. This week, it doesn't matter. It's a tough matchup against the Vikings, but Montgomery and this running game is such a key element, and Aaron Rodgers is going to open things up for that, always with the threat of his passing game. We move on to the wide receivers, and uh, Dontrell Inman, we just talked a lot about the San Diego Browns game. That's going to be the game where you want as many chargers as possible in there. And Inman's somehow still unowned in a lot of leagues. I think there was a perception that Tyrell Williams was really the number one now with all their injuries they've had, but Williams has slowed down for sure. He's had a shoulder injury. He doesn't look completely healthy. Inman has kind of taken over as the number one target everywhere for Phillip Rivers. It doesn't matter. Wide receiver, tight end. They don't really have anything left at running back to catch passes. So Inman is the man. I think he can light up Cleveland this week. And I I love him as a DFS play. I would get him in every lineup in that sense. But, uh, if you're in a standard league and need a wide receiver three, Inman is a guy that you can plug in there and maybe play like a wide receiver one. That's how good he is and has been here for the Chargers, and then the matchup is just too hard to pass up. Tyler Lockett, you look at the Cardinals' pass defense. They're having a lot of trouble right now. Patrick Peterson's out there, but he's hurt playing through a knee injury that uh, has kind of limited him. They're not really good at the other corner. They're just throwing guys out there hoping that – Something can stick. So you figure Patrick Peterson will be a little bit on Doug Baldwin. So Lockett is going to have an open matchup on the other side. Lockett tends to warm up at this time of year, and we've seen it. He exploded there against the Rams. He's gotten healthier, and they've got him more involved. That seems like what their MO has been with Lockett, just slowly unleash him here later in the season at full speed. And that's what I've seen from him here of late for Seattle. So Lockett, I love it. It's a good dart again it's a wide receiver three who could perform like a wide receiver one this week and that's pretty impressive Pierre Garçon same boat you have no Jordan Reed and this has been the key if you've looked carefully 
at Washington. When Jordan Reed is out, Pierre Garçon becomes the new kind of go-to guy everywhere on the field. Deshaun Jackson's the home run threat. Jameson Crowder's the slot guy, but Garçon is just right as that guy that uh, Kirk Cousins is going to look for in all situations all over the field. He's got a lot better speed than the average possession receiver, so he always has a chance to stretch the field and score, can work things in the red zone, and uh, he kind of has a tight end hybrid with a little bit more athleticism that happens to play wide receiver. So I don't think Reed is going to be healthy. He just had the ejection. He didn't look effective against the Panthers anyway. Vernon Davis is dropping a lot of balls, so that's going to bode well for Garcon in a very good matchup this week on the road in Chicago. Robbie Anderson, we mentioned him here on the lineup Thursdays and other situations that Bryce Petty, he's Bryce Petty's go-to guy. Brandon Marshall's banged up. Quincy Nuno's banged up. There's no chemistry there. Anderson has been the man. You look at every chance that Petty's played in, Anderson has produced. So there's definitely a lot of evidence there. There's going to be some garbage time, hopefully, against the Patriots this week. So Bryce Petty, I think, will struggle for most of the game, but the Patriots at some point will let up with a big lead and uh, leave Anderson chances to make big plays on a prevent defense. So I can see that happening. The same game, I like Chris Hogan on the other side. The Jets are having a lot of trouble in their secondary. They can't keep anything straight there. Buster Screen, we don't know if he's going to come back from a concussion. We already know Darrell Revis has been totally ineffective and checked out. So Hogan on the outside. Michael Floyd's not quite ready to see key snaps for his team. Malcolm Mitchell is more of the quick slot guy who still will have success against the Jets, maybe in shorter passing. But Hogan, I think, can have another good game against them in this one. On the other side of that Washington matchup, you have Cameron Meredith. Even with Alshon Jeffrey back, Meredith was really the best target for Matt Barkley. Matt Barkley's playing well. He's going to make that game higher scoring than you think. So I like Meredith as a pickup if he's still out there. People down on the Bears in the passing game because of Barkley. you got to look at Cordero Patterson. He's had some uh, good games in the past against the Packers when he was used more as a wide receiver. Stephon Diggs clearly is not fully healthy and full speed with his knee. You've got... Uh, Adam Thielen probably going to miss the game this week. So that opens things up for Patterson. He was heavily involved. He was more desired there in the passing game for Sam Bradford over Charles Johnson. So Patterson, it's a pretty good matchup against that Packers secondary. Again, garbage time is a potential there. And you always know you have the bonus of maybe him taking a return to the house. And we figure the Packers are going to score and kick off a lot in that one. Ted Ginn, you look at him, he scored on a nice play, really. He was wide open against Washington and uh, rolled into the end zone. Ginn is a guy that we've seen go off against Atlanta in the past to speed. Without any Desmond Trufant in there in that secondary, it opens things up for outside for Cam Newton to take some darts downfield. Uh, Falcons allow the most passing yards to quarterbacks, so Ginn is going to have his opportunities. He's another solid wide receiver three that he can pop in there that can be available on the cheap side. Two more we'll mention. This is kind of the position of the week in terms of, hey, if you're desperate and you've had an injury or a question mark somewhere and you need a guy to fill in, uh, here's where you go. John Brown, you look at this uh, matchup against the Seahawks, I think it's extremely difficult. Larry Fitzgerald has uh, struggled in this matchup before, and I think been going cold the past two weeks. I, I think he's going to be contained again. So that's going to open things up for either J.J. Nelson or John Brown. I think Brown is a little bit of a better at working the slot to me. And uh, we've seen where, without Earl Thomas, 
that's where uh, the Seattle defense has the hole. So I think Brown, if you're going ro- rolling the dice there with the wide receiver, we know Fitzgerald is owned anyway, and Nelson probably is too. So Brown is the one uh, flyer you can take uh, maybe, again, garbage time. So that's what you get at this time of year with the, these teams with uh, nothing to play for in a big deficit against playoff-bound teams. Will Fuller, I'll look at as well. The change to uh, Tom Savage puts Will Fuller here because he's Savage is more competent than Brock Osweiler is. I know you look at this Bengals matchup. It's tricky. The Bengals have been pretty good against wide receivers all year, but you figure their attention is going to flock to Hopkins. Hopkins had heavy targets last week and all that, so that's going to open things up for Fuller. He had a few chances to make some plays against the Jaguars, didn't come through. I think the rookie's overdue for one of those long touchdowns. I think it could easily come here against uh, Cincinnati. So if he's out there and people have given up on him since his slow middle half of the season where he was injured, uh, it's not a bad way to go either. So plenty of options for you at wide receiver. Moving on to the quarterbacks. This one, I wouldn't recommend trying to go too deep unless you're in a too deep quarterback league that you have to start two of them. This week is just... uh, all about trying to get your best guys in there. I know you had Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. We mentioned off the top that they disappointed, but those type of guys you're going to trust in. Hopefully, they didn't cost you too much, and you found some other sources of points. So you're mainly doing that. But if you're going to go deep and you're still looking for a streaming option, Blake Bortles is someone I would circle. I know he hasn't played very well. He had 93 yards passing. He's definitely going to be involved on the waiver wires available because. You look at Bortles, first game against Tennessee, he was terrible in the first half, but a lot of garbage points he put up on the road in Nashville. I think that could have a similar scenario play out at home against the Titans. This time around, uh, the Jaguars have a new coach in there. They'll be a little inspired to play well. Bortles should have his best game in several weeks here. Uh, You look at... uh, Tennessee and Indianapolis, those seem to be his best spots this year, and he gets those two teams to close the season. So if you're just going uh, really deep and need a quarterback or you're looking at a maybe bargain DFS play, we'll get more into that on uh, lineup Thursday. I think Bortles is a guy that you can definitely look at. Jared Goff, I know it sounds like crazy to do this, but it is San Francisco this week at home for Goff. This 49ers defense is an absolute mess. I would expect Todd Gurley to get a lot of touches in this one and be the man here, but there's going to be opportunities for Goff off that with the play action. Maybe look at Kenny Britt, Tavon Austin. So there's a chance here for Goff to have a 200-2 TD type game. is maybe his best game of the year, and it's really just all matchup based here against 49ers. So it's, again, very hard to trust if you're in a pretty shallow league, but if you're going really deep, these are the guys that uh, you have to look at. And one more in that same vein is Matt Barkley. It had to be frustrating to see Matt Barkley put up the fantasy day there opposite Aaron Rodgers, where Aaron Rodgers didn't throw a TD pass. Barkley did have some interceptions and mess, but he gets the Redskins on a short week. Their pass defense is decimated right now. He's getting the ball to his uh, wide receivers and tight ends all over the field pretty well. We mentioned Meredith, we mentioned Jeffrey, he's got other guys there, Deontay Thompson, Josh Bellamy. He's got uh, Daniel Brown at tight end. So he's making the best of all these weapons, and I think Washington can't cover all those. So if you look at the situation here, Barkley might be in a little bit of a shootout with uh, Kirk Cousins that uh, he's not a bad, sneaky 
deep play this week. A tight end, this one is a very interesting position to me, I think second after wide receivers in terms of getting immediate help off the waiver wire that can be actually very productive. You have to circle the Texans right away. What's happened with the Texans is because C.J. Fedorov's is concussion, less people have him on their roster, so they didn't know if he's going to be shut down again. So you got to look at Fedorowitz. People also don't really know much about Ryan Griffin, so he probably was out there as well and still widely available. He might uh, draw a little bit more attention from the game he had against Jacksonville with uh, Tom Savage in there. But that said, you look at Fedorowitz and Griffin, one of them is going to have a very good opportunity here to uh, dominate targets and looks and uh, really, we look at the Bengals, they've struggled against the tight end all year. So that's why you like either Griffin or Fedora. So you have to be more diligent and look at uh, the practice reports and all that. But uh, the tight end that starts for the Texans is very startable in fantasy this week. Charles Clay, he's been involved here now for two straight weeks, has scored for two straight weeks. He is facing his former team, Miami, so a bit of a revenge factor there. The Bills are hard to throw on at the cornerback, so there's going to be some things involved. So Clay, especially with the limitations of the Bills receiver, Sammy Watkins just is not looking healthy with that foot, that he could be a big target here for Tyrod Taylor again. Hunter Henry, you got to like it. It's the Browns, and we see that he's getting the touchdowns and the key targets there from tight end from Phillip Rivers, so... Henry, you got to look at in a guy that you can plug and play. If he's out there still, it's hard to imagine he is because he scored here the past two weeks against the Panthers and Raiders. But some people, but he's taking a nap, plug him in and play him. Speaking of the Raiders, that matchup is good on both sides. Clive Walford, I think, is a sneaky play in that one against the Colts. Gave, gave up a lot of points to the tight end in the passing game. We saw Kyle Rudolph destroy them last week, so it could be a chance for Walford to get going, especially with Indy's corners playing well. And Amari Cooper kind of slowed down. You can see that out there as well. So it might be more of Walford getting targets. So not a bad little uh, flyer there in deeper leagues. And and another streamer in that same game is Jack Doyle. You look at Dwayne Allen in that mix for the Colts. We've seen Eric Swoop score as well. But it seems like Doyle is the best suited type of guy with his inline ability to slide out and maybe score against Oakland this week. So a lot of good tight end streaming there for you. Uh, options, it's been a weird position all year because you can't count on Rob Gronkowski. You can't count on Jordan Reed. Greg Olson and Delaney Walker and Travis Kelsey have pretty much been the only really reliable players at that position. So otherwise, I think everybody's playing the streaming game. So you got to be on top of that if uh, someone in your league, your competition directly this week is looking to uh, go with the same type of tight end strategy. We end, as we always do, on defense. And you got to circle the Chargers. I think a lot of people don't realize how good the Chargers' defense has been, consistently forcing a turnover in games and uh, been rather effective doing that, especially with that Joey Bosa in there. Even with a lot of injuries to their secondary, you still have uh, Casey Hayward out there playing well, despite no Jason Verrett. Or Brandon Flowers, a lot of playmakers for the Chargers. They are playing the Browns. And it's just all about get as many Chargers in your lineup against the Browns. And that includes their defense. So you really can't go wrong with them. most things San Diego this week, defense included. Tennessee is something you have to look at. Yeah, we didn't mention Blake Bortles as a streamer in deep situations. But 
Tennessee still can get some sacks and picks of him with that, even if he has to have some high volume and garbage later in the game. They're very good against the run. So I think I think sacks and picks are definitely in the offing, even in the road matchup at Jacksonville. Green Bay is another team you have to look at. The Vikings offense is in free fall. Adrian Peterson seemed to make it worse. They tried to force feed him. He couldn't get going. He lost the fumble. Sam Bradford was under siege there against the Colts. This is in Lambeau Field. The Packers are revving up defensively. I can see them uh, kind of snowballing this game and uh, getting a big lead and really teeing off on Minnesota. So that's a recommended play. Packers are kind of matchup oriented. They did disappoint if you looked at them last week in Chicago, but that said, Chicago's offense looks a lot better right now than Minnesota's offense, and and Green Bay is also at home this week. And if you're going one more step, you can look at the L.A. Rams. They've gotten uh, destroyed in the past couple weeks. Even they played well against the run, but uh, the Falcons and Seahawks really lit them up. This is the 49ers this week. The 49ers are just not doing anything. The Rams want some revenge here from week one. I figure this team with a longer time to recover from the Jeff Fisher Firing with John Fossil in there will be motivated to play well in this one. Fired up. Aaron Donald and the gang will play a lot better. So I can see some uh, sacks and uh, picks here against Colin Kaepernick this week. So those are your big four. The Chargers, Titans, Packers, and Rams as defensive streaming options that should be available in a sizable amount of leagues. So there you have it. There's your Pickup Tuesday for Week 16. And we'll just keep it going here. We'll have matchup Wednesday tomorrow, lineup Thursday. We're going to keep going until the season's over here with our week daily podcast to make sure you're in good shape no matter what format you play in. And no matter what you like, whether it's NFL or NBA or fantasy basketball, fantasy football, your local teams, your national coverage, we've got you covered on the Locked On Fantasy Football Network. I'm glad to be a part of it i hope you've enjoyed listening to it all year and this is the last week of the year so that's fun that uh you've been a loyal listener all through then please subscribe on audio boom or itunes if you haven't done so to get this podcast delivered to you week daily and thanks so much for listening this has been Vinny Iyer for locked on fantasy football we'll see you next time what you doing ran out of space on my phone so i'm deleting some stuff by singing dog Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.